I was about to be like, okay, so, and I was like, hey, like, get on it. Like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, we have, we have a system. <laughs> My brain right now is just like, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> um, I can kick us off. I think you kicked us off last week. Yeah, you kick us off this time. Okay, cool. cuties to another episode of queens quests and tropes my name is molly and as always i'm here with my fabulous co-host Alyssa. if you guys knew maybe you didn't know that but if you're returning hopefully you remembered our names (laughs) it's fine if you didn't it's fine if you didn't um we're clearly not offended i'm so excited i'm so excited because if there's anything that a bitch loves me being the bitch it is theories and I think one of the funnest thing about Bookstagram and being a reader is getting into the theories. Oh, so yeah. we are unpacking mainly, I have two theories. These are going to be uh, Sarah J. Mass theories today. Yes. We're, we're yes. strictly looking at ACOTAR today. Yes. Correct. We're just unpacking the ACOTAR theories today, ladies and gentlemen. Do um, side note for our listeners here before Molly kicks us off. There will be a ton of spoilers in these. Yes. So if you are not caught up with the Akatar series, yes, don't come for us when you hear the spoilers. Yeah. These. This is like (laughs) discussing theories is like the spoiler of all spoilers. Spoiler city up in here. Okay. Also, if you have not read the Asriel bonus chapter from A Court of Silver Flames. There will Google be it. spoilers for that, but like you can type that into Tumblr and like you can find it. Pause, read it real quick, unpause. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Continue. So there's an Asriel bonus chapter from A Court of Silver Flames. You can find it on Tumblr. Literally just search Axaf Asriel chapter. It'll pop right up. We'll be spoiling for that. We will be spoiling. That's important. For okay. everything. Both of mine that I have brought to present to Alyssa, like this is an episode of Dateline, are around the Gwen Reel supremacy. So if you ship Elaine and Asriel, I was going to tell you to fuck off, but actually listen to the rest of this episode because I swear to God, I'm going to convert you with this information. So are you ready, Alyssa, for the first... I uh, am. Okay, great. (laughs) So this is coming to us from a Tumblr user named Lucy Pevensey. So we will link them in the description as well, but I want to give a shout out to the people who've put together these theories for us. Yeah. So we'll read this theory directly from Lucy Pevensey on Tumblr. This is one real. Uh, I'm sorry, but I will never be convinced that Asriel truly loves or cares about Elaine after he talked about winning the blood duel as if it was nothing when it implied hurting or killing Lucian, her mate. And I really don't get how people don't understand how serious that is. For those at home, there was a discussion about a blood duel. So if Asriel continued to hit on Elaine, Mm -hmm. Lucian, her mate, would have grounds to call for a blood duel, which would be a fight to the death. 
Mm-hmm. Azriel was reminded of this in Akasaf because Reason saw him flirting with Elaine and was like, bro, Lucian will call a blood duel. Knock it the fuck off. And Azriel was like, try me, bro. So here's the thing. He talked about winning that blood duel hypothetically as if it was nothing. And that would imply obviously hurting or killing Lucian, her mate. That is serious because this is what, and this is an excerpt from, I don't know if it's Akamath or Akawar, but like, here's an excerpt from, this is what Ryzen felt when Feyre, his mate was dying. I knew that you were my mate and you were in love with another male and had destroyed yourself to save him. And that, that I didn't care. If you were going to die, I was going to die with you. I couldn't stop thinking it over and over as you screamed as I tried to kill her. You were my mate, my mate, my mate. But then she snapped your neck and I felt you die. So then this is what Feyre, I'm getting somewhere, I promise. Okay, this okay, okay. Is what, I'm following. <laughs> this is what Feyre felt when reason was dying. Quote, I had only silence in my head, only silence as I began screaming, screaming and screaming and screaming. The emptiness in my chest, my soul at the lack of that bond, that life, I was shaking him, screaming his name and shaking him. And my body stopped being my body and just became this thing that held me. And this lack of him, I could not stop screaming and screaming, end quote. So. So like pretty, pretty pretty intense intense. Yeah. Pretty intense shit when you <laughs> when your mate is dying. So we have mm-hmm. on record from the Akatar series what it right. feels well, like when your mate is dying, right? Not right. good. Not the, good. User, the user goes on to say, it doesn't matter if Azriel thinks Lucian is Elaine's mate or not, because he doesn't know that. He doesn't like it doesn't matter because he can sense and smell the mating bond. Even if they haven't like solidified it, people can tell, right? Right. Reason didn't hurt Tamlin. And Lucian didn't hurt Grayson, even when their instincts were screaming at them to do so because they knew how Feyre and Elaine would feel, right? Right. But Azrael doesn't blink in thinking about hurting or killing Elaine's mate when that would imply putting her through a loss described as unbearable enough for someone to feel like they lost a part of their soul and no longer wish to live. I really don't understand how people can read this and think as think it's romantic or an act of love, especially right. as real didn't bother to deny that he felt entitled to her when he was given a chance to. And the fact that Reese didn't really know Feyre yet, their relationship was strained at best. She actively disliked him at that point, and he still felt that lost keenly. I think as said that about the duel in a flippant moment of Roboto, bravado, but it still doesn't erase the fact that he did not think about Elaine at all because he couldn't say anything good about her and he didn't stop to think about the impact of his words or actions on her. That's not caring. That's not loving at all. Okay. I have so many things. I have so many things. Okay. So first off, I think my first point was already kind of answered because you brought up that even before the mating bond was in place for Reese and Feyre, he was still thinking that way. And it was still, it was still hurting him if Feyre was hurt. And so that was my next thing of like, would it hurt Elaine or my first thing, would it hurt Elaine if the mating bond wasn't in place? But you kind of already answered that as yes, we, we are, we have a pretty good feeling that yes, it would. Yeah. Um, just because of it in general. My next thing, um, I have never in any of the reading, any of this, have ever felt 
that Azrael was any more than just attracted to Elaine. Like I yeah. felt like he was protective of her because it's Feyre's sister. Yep. And then he was attracted to her because she's yep. beautiful. And that's yep. all I ever thought it was. Like I yep. never, I never felt like it was anything more than that. Just because I think this was laid out very well um, from this user. What was the user again? Lucy. On, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, wonderful like, job with the quotes. Yep. Um, because it really is like you can definitely see, and I mean, I understand Asriel's different than Cassian and Reese, but like you can tell with how they protect it's not a possessive protect it's a it's a partner like i'm in love with you protect like Azrael's statement of the blood duel and like try me is possessiveness and we all know that's not love that's toxic yeah (laughs) as much as we love a toxic daddy that's not love (laughs) so absolutely it's not like he doesn't genuinely care about her. If he's talking about like, dude, I don't give a fuck. I will hurt her mate. That would yeah. put her through so much pain, even if they haven't accepted the bond. And he, he knows this, like he's lived with reasoned and Farah and like Cassian and Nesta at this point. And they're old as fuck. He it's knows not like this. they've never right. seen mates before. Yeah. Right. He knows this. So the fact that he doesn't care, like just tells me that it's being, he's being flippant. I think there's a couple right. things at play here. One right. Yeah, he just thinks that also like Elaine does not have a lot of backbone, right? Like Elaine is a wet napkin, as we've discussed before. <laughs> Limp noodle, yeah. Limp noodle. Our sweet baby Azzy, which I hope this changes for him in his book, but he has pretty low self-esteem. I think we can yeah. all like he hates himself. He's got a lot of he's trauma like, built up in there. Yeah. He's got a lot, right? So yeah. I think, and I don't care if this is insulting to Elaine because I don't like Elaine. I think he's Elaine. also tempted at the idea of going for the lowest hanging fruit. Right. Okay. Because Elaine, like he pined after more for hundreds of years, um, at which she didn't tell him that about her sexuality, which was shitty on her part. I mean, right. share your own sexuality whenever you want to, but she let him on for years, which was the shitty. Yeah. Part. That's the shitty. Leading him on, the leading him on is the shitty part. Right, right, right. Um, but like Elaine is never probably going to like really hurt anybody, right? Like right. she's not going to reject any like. Not going to reject anybody. Unfortunately, it's yeah. A very safe choice. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Like he has yeah. nothing, quote unquote, to be afraid of. And I think it's like a lowest hanging fruit. And yes, you can quote me. I'm calling Elaine the lowest hanging fruit. Sorry. And it's also like the other two sisters have mated with the other two bad boys. So there's also the draw of the three and the three. Like that right. obviously, as much as you can say, it doesn't come into play. It obviously does. Like, right. He's obviously just going to be looking for like the, okay, well, there's three of us. There's three sisters. Here you go. I think the other thing is he is a self-sabotager for sure. And doesn't believe that he deserves happiness, which is also why he probably spent 400 years pining after more. Cause like you'd think after a century, yeah. you would get a hint, right? Yeah. So I think he wants what he can't have because he feels safe wanting what he can't have on some level because he doesn't believe himself worthy of happiness. So again, now he's going after someone who has a mate because it's right. Cause it's someone on can't some have. level unattainable, right? I, yeah, yeah, for sure. Which also leads me into one of my fan theories. It's like the perfect okay. little segue here. Perfect. So um, we all know that the, the fandom's pretty divided on Elaine and we all know where we stand. You and I stand on Elaine. Um, fuck her. Sorry. Yeah. Not sorry. Yeah. Um, 
But there's a fan theory that Elaine is evil, right? Either the cauldron has made her evil or like Koshi or someone's mind controlling her and therefore now she is evil. So the fan theory I read, um, which I was a bad little student and forgot to see who posted it. Um, But the um, fan theory was that Elaine is manipulating Asriel's thoughts to want her, right? To cause conflict, to lead him on, to make him feel this way. When in reality, he doesn't, which would also explain how he's so like uncharacteristically like, okay, fuck Lucian. I'm going to fuck him up. Even though like Asriel's not, that's more of like, I feel like a Cassian Cassian bravado, not like an Asriel bravado, but like if he's being like mind controlled to do that, then that's why he's acting that way uncharacteristically. Like he was kind of going like head to head with Reese even in that bonus chapter. And like, that's not like as either like Cass and Reese will butt heads and as is always like the middleman of like, let's not do this. And so like, it would make sense if Elaine is evil and somehow manipulating him and mind controlling him to do these things, to cause discourse in the inner circle. Yeah. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was a perfect segue too, wasn't it? That's a good one. I just left that one right in there. Um, no, literally. Evil theory is like one of my favorites. I hope. Okay. Here's my two things. This is not a fan theory. This is what I hope either Elaine is evil and we get this rift we get this like heart-wrenching oh god it's our sister slash yes sister-in-law whatever who's evil and now this is bad or she's dead or both we either kill her off somehow or she's evil then we kill her off yeah 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 yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's what i need to happen with elaine's character she can't stay a limp noodle forever like she just can't interesting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. interesting yeah, so I'm really hoping, I'm really, really hoping that that was teed up for SJM to just knock it out of the park with Elaine being evil and my, manipulating Asriel in that way. That would be good. That would be Yeah, good. be so but good. Here's also, without <laughs> discussing Elaine, so now I will bring you, so I have brought contrary evidence to Ariel, what the fuck, Lesriel? I don't know. Something that's not important. Name is I don't know. See, yeah. I haven't learned it. I don't care. So I, I have brought you contrary evidence for Elaine and Asriel. Okay. I will now bring you positive, positive evidence, af- affirmative evidence for Gwen and Asriel. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cell phones okay. on pilot and shut your fucking mouths. This is one of my favorites. Okay. This is genuinely one of my favorite things. This is from Gwen's Asriel on Tumblr. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm sure most of you have seen uh do do the little mermaid theory going around regarding Gwen and Asriel. Wait, I think I have. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yes, yes. So as we all know, Sarah J. Mass does love doing loose interpretations at various points of fairy tales throughout Akatar, right? Right. So right. we all picked up Akatar as like, oh, it's a Beauty and the Beast retelling. That's right. what it Akamath has some Hades and Persephone moments which with we talked Henry, about, which we talked about in our last Hades episode. You can go check that out. That is a loose interpretation as well. So we know that our girl Sarah loves to do myth adaptations loosely in yeah. this Akatar series, right? So um, yeah, 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 yeah. There is 
very good evidence that Gwen and Asriel are a Little Mermaid retelling. But of course, everyone's like, but the Little Mermaid ends sad in the original version. Yes, I know. But clearly she adapts things for happy endings. Sarah J. Mass is still very like. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, Feyre clearly didn't end up with Tamlin and that was the Beauty and the Beast there. So. Exactly. So I know that there are original interpretations of the Little Mermaid that are sad, but we're going to ignore those with the thing. Obviously, this will be adapted for the Akatar universe, which generally is happy ever after friendly. Right. (laughs) Jumping in. Sarah J. Mass has said that she wants to write a Little Mermaid retelling. And then began to write Gwen, who sounds exactly like Ariel. Coincidence? I think not. All right. So we have a mermaid, water nymph-esque creature. Red hair. Uh Uh, Ariel longing to see the outside world, but she's always been stuck in the sea her whole life. Gwen longing to see the outside world and staying in the temple and the library and her whole life. Right. Never leaving. Right. So we have some Ariels. Uh-huh. The Little Mermaid has the most enchanting and beautiful voice in the world. Gwen singing, Mm -hmm. having this beautiful voice that is remarked by Nesta to be unique and enchanting. Uh, Ariel's personality is curious, spunky, and strong-willed. Once Ariel decides that she wants something, she's determined to get it, no matter what her father may say. So Gwen is as curious and tends to ask a lot of questions. You can see this in the Asriel bonus chapter and is very determined. Quote, I don't want to take the safe road. She pointed to the mountain, to the slender path upward. I want to take that road. Her voice thickened. I want to take the road that no one dares travel. And I want to travel it with you too. No matter what may befall us, not as Illyrians, not for their titles, but as something new to prove to them, to everyone that something new and different might triumph over their rules and restrictions. I have been broken once before, Gwen said, her voice clear. I survived it and I will not be broken again, not even by this mountain. Gwen pushed her group harder. She wanted to be the first, wanted Nesta and Emery to be, and her to be the ones who wiped the smirks from Asriel and Cassian's faces, especially Asriel's, end quote. So our girl is spunky. <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah, Asriel's. Um, um, oh, it keeps going. Oh, keep going. Oh, yeah. Oh, this, the, we're top of the wormhole, baby. We're getting it. We're getting it. Okay. Um, Meryl and Koshi obviously being Ursula. They're also being a very interesting theory about Meryl being evil. That makes a lot of sense, which is fascinating. Oh, okay. um, Prince Eric being oblivious the whole time. Asriel being pretty oblivious the whole time. True. Okay. Um, but and, before you go further, yes. if we're needing an Ursula, Elaine... Could be the Ursula because she's tempting him and stealing Gwen's voice, trying to steal her moment, trying to steal her moment. All right, keep going. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Quote uh, from the Little Mermaid, from the Little Mermaid. You have the sweetest voice of any who dwell here in the depths of the sea, and you believe it that you will be able to charm a prince with it also. End quote from the Little Mermaid. Quote from Akasaf. He could have sworn a faint, beautiful singing follow him and could have sworn his shadows sang in answer, end quote. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. charming a prince. Now, let's get to the interesting part, says Uh, putting together this theory. Jeez Louise. I know. I've been browsing through Sarah J. Mass's Pinterest boards and I've seen a lot of similar reoccurring theme in the post that she has saved. She saved lots of posts related to the Little Mermaid in her Pinterest. And for those at home, we will link this post in the description, but I'm now showing Alyssa that there are dozens of Little Mermaid illustrations. Mermaids everywhere. So many mermaids specifically, (laughs) just so many mermaids. And then there's a lot of Gwen related art as well. 
And then she saved this one, which is probably very important, which is a character who could look like Asriel holding a woman with red hair. Saved to Sarah J. Matz's Pinterest. Um, also, these boards uh, have that she looked through contained those pins, and they've been last updated. They've been updated last. They've been updated. So we have the fan art here of someone who could look like Azriel holding a redheaded woman. Yes. Right? Okay. Important, this user said that all of the Pinterest boards that she looked at with those pins had been updated in the past one to two years. And Sarah J. Mass started writing Akasaf in 2018. So these have been updated since the beginning of Akasaf was written. These were not pins from like 2004. Uh, and this is note as well to the group of people who try to point out that the Little Mermaid ends in a tragic way. Let me point out that SJM said her novels get happy endings. She said, yes, she wants to rewrite a Little Mermaid retelling. She'll change it to a happy ending. She's obviously not going to do it word for word. So there are some wonderful theories about her being, it being a Little Mermaid theory. It's called the Little Mermaid theory with Azriel and Gwen. Um, and then there's builds on this which is fascinating. So you ready? This is another one also from oh. Lucy Pevensey. Okay. SJM said she wanted to do a Little Mermaid telling and mix it with wild swans. Gwen, part water nymph, red hair, has a beautiful voice, lives in a library under the earth and can't leave, works for a white-haired woman that is called the witch, is involved with a character whose name is literally Asriel, as opposed <laughs> to Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to Ariel. Um, and here's my personal favorite, which is just somebody who did a Little Mermaid <laughs> adaptation of Asriel. Life is on it. Which I'm going to screenshot and we will post that for you guys. Yeah, later. it's amazing. Uh, which is incredible. So there, it's called the Little Mermaid Theory. It's, we're very excited about it. I think that's probably my personal favorite so far of all of the theories ah. is, is the Little Mermaid theory because I think that one has legs, especially because she came with receipts. Genuinely. True. Yeah. We love the receipts. We love receipts. Amazing. Uh, definitely about it. I had heard that one before and I'm, I'm, I'm for it. We can just yep. make Elaine Ursula. Yep. I'm for it. <laughs> I'm about it. It's going to be great. Um, yes. and those, those are the theories that I have for you. Those are the theories that oh. I have for you today. Those are good. Um, well, we all know that I, I just feel like the fandom has been really divided over this topic specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I just, we're right. We just have to be right. I, I can't live with Asriel ending up with Elaine is really all I have to so, say about that. Very important. And I think a lot of people have said this too. Nesta, when she saved Feyre, changed Feyre's womb and changed her womb didn't change Elaine's. Yeah. So Feyre yeah. can have more bat babies. Nesta can have bat babies. Elaine cannot. I uh, was cracking up at the one um, head cannon where someone was like, oh, Gwen, I gave you a Illyrian birthing hips. <laughs> <laughs> just like randomly, <laughs> just randomly, just like that's how she's like, just like slides that in, like that's to like walking by, like oh by the way, <laughs> oh my god, that's so, um, great. 
So this is, there's, there's some additional theories that I have pulled up here debating on Elaine oh. and who she, just short ones. So okay. another theory is that the person Elaine kept disappearing to meet is Koshi. And she's been in his enthrall the whole time. It could be why uh, she knew a lot about what was going on, but then has uh-huh. like, obviously never done anything. So uh-huh. it would explain why um, she has a little bit more bite to her. And someone said yes. kind of like a, a Ginny and Tom situation from Harry Potter, like Ginny and yeah. Chamber uh, Secrets. So definitely a lot of people thinking Elaine is, is evil and is there's some mind games going on. Yeah. This is interesting because I had not heard this one before. Okay. That Elaine is actually Tamlin's mate. And that she is the bell to his beast heart dose. Basically, she makes him go from angry lion man back to spring lord, this post said. Elaine wouldn't care if she wasn't high queen because she would just tend the roses or something. Would explain <laughs> SJM's would explain SJM's hints that Elaine doesn't fit in the night court black and Nesta's comment that she would love Tamlin. I, I don't think with, I don't fuck with that theory. Cause I don't think after everything, I do think Tamlin deserves a redemption arc of some kind at this point. I still don't think that Elaine would go be with somebody who hurt her sister so terribly. I think I'm kind of fed up with tampon to be honest. Like yeah. I, I'm just over it. Like, can we, can we move along from him? I did yeah. read one that, um, was saying that, um, Elaine does accept the mating bond with Lucian and they take over the Supreme court. Now I love that theory. Cause that I would be fine with that. that. No, I, I now let me clarify. No, I say Tamlin that. deserves a redemption arc. I want him to die, but I want him to like die doing something heroic. heroically. Okay. Right. Like, I think that would be good for him. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> that would be good for him. Um, <laughs> I want him to like die doing something heroically. Okay. And then yeah. Lucian would take over spring court. And then Elaine and Lucian run the spring court. Cause like, come on. Like Elaine is spring court. Like why? Yeah, she's is- definitely not the night. Not like she's definitely not. Um, no. That's the only one she could fit into. I think was spring court. And it's just because it's so fucked up and she only yeah. wants to tend the roses. So yeah. Might as well go there. <laughs> go tend the roses, bitch. Go tend the roses. Go tend the blah, blah, blah. Go tend the yeah. roses. Bitch. Yeah. Well, it's uh, funny that you mentioned Koshi because yes. one of the fan theories I brought to you involves yes. him. So okay. it's yes. essentially um, this user on Tumblr, off to Rivendell, mm-hmm. um, said Asriel could be Koshi. You, you would find a theory that had a Lord of the Rings username, though. Obviously, I think this person is fabulous. Um, I just had to enter. I just had to enter. So smart. And and they call it a crack theory, but I'm actually following it. I'm okay, following okay. it. Okay, so Asriel could be Koshi's heir. So what? essentially, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it says, disclaimer, um, I realize it's a crack theory. It sounds crazy, but follow me. Okay, and, and it says there's a lot of unanswered questions, but um, okay. following. So, Azrael in Akamath was quoted, a few yards ahead, Azrael was a swift shadow over the black water. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then, toward the landmass, we are now approaching Highburn. Mm-hmm. So then, um, which is right before um, they got to Highburn and all of that mission and blah, blah, blah. So then, in Akasif, when we're talking about Koshi, just a kernel of magic, 30 feet from shore, Standing atop the surface floated a shadow, but it had the vague shape of a man. And so, like, they're 
how they present themselves over the water, mm-hmm. apparently similar. Mm-hmm. Then, um, okay, so like, what could this mean for Azrael, right? Yeah. Um, sure. So there's also more association. So they're both linked with death, yeah, as well okay. as shadows, wind, mm-hmm. and likely stone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And they're being described with similar terminology, which SJM has before said to pay attention to the terminology to link things. Right. So they appear as shadow over a body of water Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and their magic is mentioned as nearby. So there is no sign or glimmer of Reese's presence, either near or behind Feyre. And Koshi himself talks about a kernel of magic. So it's like the magic is nearby, but not inside of them right oh my god um this is not a crackpot theory that this person was i feel like it's very good right right this person um, so asriel and koshi could be foils characters used to compare and contrast or highlight certain aspects of the other that might be that be might that magical or something else <laughs> asriel and koshi could be related in some way whether that is through descent or some sort of magic-based connection that would um, be very interesting if it turns out that he discovers he's related to Koshi because yeah. I could see an arc where he falls further into his pit of self-despair and he's like, wow, of course I'm related to this evil guy. Like I can't win. I'm a shitty human. But then he like comes up of it. He comes out of it. Cause he's like, no, it's what you do with it. I'm a good person, whatever. Like I could see, I could see part of his self-love journey playing in beautifully to this theory. So here's my part with it. Um, okay. So if Elaine is linked with Koshi and (gasps) is fucking with Az because Koshi knows they're related somehow, whether that's magic or lineage. Also, if we remember, Koshi had Az targeted at Highburn. Elaine is evil. She's working for Koshi and Koshi's using Elaine to fuck with Azrael because they're related. They're descendants of some sort. His heir, his descendant, whatever. And that's, I feel like that's very Sarah J. Mass. Like, I feel like that so kind of like Sarah J. Mass. blowing your mind up. could That's some, like, Crescent, that's some Crescent City level shit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. I know. <laughs> okay. And then in an earlier post, um, she also suggested he, she, um, Koshi, who was maybe also once High King Fion, is partially inspired by Erebus, who is father of Thanatos in Greek mythology. And it may not be a coincidence that there is a Lord Thanatos in the court of nightmares. Um, Yeah. So there's that. Could Lord Thanatos be Azrael's ancestor in some capacity? Maybe. Maybe not. I, I am losing it. I thought I thought the Little Mermaid theory was good, but this takes the cake. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my! Could Azrael be okay? Wait, hold on. Um, Dude, this book hasn't even been announced yet. Like we're so fucked. We're not going to get it till like 2024. Uh, 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 oh yep 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 um that's pretty much that one um Um, there was also part of it that um went on in that same ranting because there was a lot that connected there some of some of it got lost in the sauce that i was like a little too far out there maybe where the crack theory became part 
but the first part of it, I felt like solid. And then the end of it, she, he, she, they, I, um, said, could the cauldron's dark maker be Koshi? <gasps> oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. So that, that, uh, summed that up in there essentially. Damn. Damn. I'm shook. I know. Like that would be the biggest plot twist is yeah. if Elaine and Koshi are working together and somehow as is related to Koshi, whether that be through magic or um, lineage or whatever. Yeah. And that's why Elaine's fucking or Koshi's fucking with Azriel's head to lure him away with her to then go to Koshi and then boom. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my Wild. Oh Wild. my God. And the last one I have for you here, now that I'm going to let that simmer on you for a little bit, okay. you can come I'm back if you got more questions or if we need to discuss more. But the last one I got for you here is that um, the last item in the Dread Trove that they cannot find uh-huh. is the horn yep. in Crescent City. I've heard this. Yep. So yeah, essentially we know that um, we know for a fact that all of Sham's universes are running parallel. Um, We see that when Feyre falls through the sky or Feyre, sorry, Aelin falls through the sky and sees Reese and Feyre and then keeps on going, then sees Crescent City. All this is confirmed by Sham. Yep. So there's the fan theory that the reason they couldn't find the final item in the Dread Trove is because it is the horn that went through. Um, which is hence why it was such a magical object in Crescent City that they had to protect and, you know, Crescent City, yeah. all that stuff. So that's a good one. That was the other one. Shit. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, is she going to connect them in like Crescent City if that's the case? Like, I don't know if she, she would probably ever, can't do it. I don't think through. she would do like a crossover novel is the thing. No, and she that- probably couldn't ever do it with Akatar, it would have to be with Crescent City if she pulled that in somehow. Yeah. I feel like because we're already six books in, five books in. About to be six. I don't know anymore. With Akatar. And so I feel like maybe she could, but I feel like she'd have to pull it in through Crescent City if she did that. But could be. Could be. Damn. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm shook. I'm so shook. This, this Koshi and, and Asriel one is probably what has me like the most fucked up right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember reading it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> for sure. That, that's like what has me fucked up right now without a doubt. My you mind. made fun of me for the uh, Lord of the Rings, finding the one Lord of the Rings. I, I absolutely but made like, fun of you for it. And that was the theory. That was uh, the theory. I made fun of you for it. I definitely did. It was a good one. <laughs> it was a very good theory. I wasn't making fun of you. I was just pointing out the incredible on-brandness of you finding oh, yes. Akatar theory yeah. with a username of somebody who's related. That's to naturally it would it would be that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that is our theories for today, yeah. listeners. I hope you stayed with us and you you powered through that. I know we went on a few like uh rabbit holes here went through a few trails or through the rabbit hole on a few trails i don't know whatever the whatever the hell it's been a long day okay it's been a long day, it's been a long day. Uh, we went on an adventure okay 
And I'm glad you stayed with us for that. But um, if you know any more fan theories that you find interesting, send them to us because we love this. We live for this. We do. Uh, we obviously talked only on Akatar today, but we will go to other novels. Um, we could do a From Blood and Ash fan theory. We could do any more Sarah J. Mass. Um, whatever you yeah, think. Good crescent. We should do, we'll do some Crescent theory. Crescent City <laughs> theory is probably closer to the release of the second book, I would imagine. Yeah, probably a good idea. But um, yeah, just let us know what other theories you got here. Um, as always, we've got the website, we got merch, we got all the things. On more important, exciting news, Tro, the Romanov Oracle, is live with the pre-sale now. Okay, um, it's available now. Pre-orders are available on Amazon. Yeah. Run, don't walk. Run to it. Get it. <laughs> Um, I already got mine, obviously I'm so pumped and, uh, do that, do that now. By the yep. time this airs, um, it'll have been available for a few days, but obviously yep. there's no time limit. Go get it. Go get you a copy and prepare for release date. Release date. Um, before, so only the Kindle version is available for pre-order. That is not my rule. That's Amazon's. The paperback and the hardback version will not be available until release day, which is the 19th. So if you want those editions, get them on the 19th. The Kindle version is the only one available for pre-order. Um, that's not, again, that's not my rule. That's so yeah. um, the listing also says that the pub day is the 30th. That is not true. That is a fail safe just in case, God forbid, but we are shooting. And at this point we'll have no problems hitting an 1119 date. So 11 pub day. It'll be out. So exciting. Well, on that note, listeners, thank you for joining us. I'm going to finish up here in Dallas so that I can fly to Molly and spend the weekend with Molly and Merz, um, which we are very excited to let you guys know that next week we will have a special guest on our episode. Special, special guest. Merz will be joining us next week on for our episode. While we're all together, we're like, why the hell not recording? Why not, baby? Oh, tune in for that. <laughs> tune in. Tune in. Tune in. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. I think all that's right. all I got update wise. All right. That's okay. I'll take us home, baby. <laughs> um, and by that, I just mean Dragon's Roar is a good idea. Christians ruined everything and practice safe witchcraft. <laughs> yes, yes. The three golden rules to live the by. Three okay. golden rules of <laughs> Queen's Quest and Tropes. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week, cuties. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.